Chapter 3 Sidebars of Across the Reef The Marine Assault of Tarawa by Joseph H. Alexander This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Second Marine Division at Tarawa Major General Julian C. Smith's utmost concern when he assumed command of the Second Marine Division on 1 May 1943 was the physical condition of the troops. The division had redeployed to New Zealand from Guadalcanal with nearly 13,000 confirmed cases of malaria. Half the division would have to be replaced before the next campaign. The infantry regiments of the 2nd Marine Division were the 2nd, 6th, and 8th Marines, the artillery regiment was the 10th Marines, and the engineers, pioneers, and naval construction battalion, Seabees, were consolidated into the 18th Marines. These were the principal commanders as the division began its intensified training program leading to Operation Galvanic. Commanding Officer, 2nd Marines, Colonel William M. Marshall. Commanding Officer, 1st Battalion, 2nd Marines, Major Wood B. Kyle. Commanding Officer, 2nd Battalion, 2nd Marines, Lieutenant Colonel Herbert R. Amy, Jr. Commanding Officer, 3rd Battalion, 2nd Marines, Major John F. Shettle. Commanding Officer, 6th Marines. Colonel Maurice G. Holmes. Commanding Officer, 1st Battalion, 6th Marines. Major William K. Jones. Commanding Officer, 2nd Battalion, 6th Marines. Lieutenant Colonel Raymond L. Murray. Commanding Officer, 3rd Battalion, 6th Marines. Lieutenant Colonel Kenneth F. McLeod. Commanding Officer, 8th Marines, Colonel Elmer E. Hall. Commanding Officer, 1st Battalion, 8th Marines, Major Lawrence C. Hayes, Jr. Commanding Officer, 2nd Battalion, 8th Marines, Major Henry P. Jim Crow. Commanding Officer, 3rd Battalion, 8th Marines, Major Robert H. Rudd. Commanding Officer, 10th Marines, Brigadier General Thomas E. Bork. Commanding Officer, 18th Marines. Colonel Cyril W. Martyr. Other officers who would emerge in key roles at Tarwa included Brigadier General Leo D. Hermley, Assistant Division Commander, Lieutenant Colonel Presley M. Rixey, Commanding 1st Battalion, 10th Marines, a Pack Howitzer Battalion supporting the 2nd Marines, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander B. Swincheski, Commanding the Composite 2nd Tank Battalion, Major Henry C. Drews, Commanding 2nd Amphibian Tractor Battalion, Major Michael P. Ryan, Commanding Company L, 3rd Battalion, 2nd Marines, and 1st Lieutenant William D. Hawkins, Commanding the Scout Sniper Platoon in the 2nd Marines. Altogether, 18,088 Marines and sailors of the division participated in the assault on Tarawa Atoll. About 55% were combat veterans. Unlike Guadalcanal, the Marines at Tarawa carried modern infantry weapons, including Guerin M1 semi-automatic rifles, Browning automatic rifles, and portable flamethrowers. Assault Marines landed with a combat load consisting of a knapsack, poncho, entrenching tool, bayonet, field rations, and gas masks, quickly discarded. Many of those carrying heavy weapons, ammunition, or radios drowned during the hectic debarkation from landing craft under fire at the reef's edge. Major General Julian C. Smith, USMC 
The epic battle of Tarawa was the pinnacle of Julian Smith's life and career. Smith was 58 and had been a Marine Corps officer for 34 years at the time of Operation Galvanic. He was born in Elkton, Maryland and graduated from the University of Delaware. Overseas service included expeditionary tours in Panama, Mexico, Haiti, Santo Domingo, Cuba, and Nicaragua. He graduated from the Naval War College in 1917 and, as did many other frustrated Marine Corps officers, spent the duration of World War I in Quantico. As were shipmates Colonel Merritt A. Edson and Major Henry P. Crow, Smith was a distinguished marksman and former rifle team coach. Command experience in the Fleet Marine Force, FMF, was limited. He commanded the 5th Marines in 1938, and he was commanding officer of the FMF training school at New River until being ordered to the 2nd Marine Division in May 1943. Smith's contemporaries had a high respect for him. Although unassuming and self-effacing, there was nothing wrong with his fighting heart. Lieutenant Colonel Ray Murray, one of his battalion commanders, described him as a fine old gentleman of high moral fiber. You'd fight for him. Smith's troops perceived that their commanding general had a genuine love for them. Julian Smith knew what to expect from the neap tides at Basio. I'm an old railbird shooter up on the marshes of the Chesapeake Bay, he said. You push over the marshes at high tide, and when you have a neap tide, you can't get over the marshes. His landing boats were similarly restricted as they went in toward Tarawa. Smith was awarded the Distinguished Service Medal for Tarawa to go with the Navy Cross he received for heroic acts in Nicaragua a decade earlier. The balance of his career was unremarkable. He retired as a lieutenant general in 1946, and he died in 1975, age 90. To the end of his life, he valued his experience at Basio. As he communicated to the officers and men of the division after the battle, it will always be a source of supreme satisfaction and pride to be able to say, I was with the 2nd Marine Division at Tarawa. The Japanese Special Naval Landing Forces Tara was the first large-scale encounter between U.S. Marines and the Japanese Special Naval Landing Forces, SNLF. The division intelligence staff had forewarned that naval units of this type are usually more highly trained and have a greater tenacity and fighting spirit than the average Japanese Army unit. But the Marines were surprised at the ferocity of the defenders on Basio. The Japanese Imperial Marines earned the grudging respect of their American counterparts for their esprit, discipline, marksmanship, proficiency with heavy weapons, small unit leadership, manifest bravery, and a stoic willingness to die to the last man. Major William K. Jones, whose 1st Battalion 6 Marines engaged more of the enemy in hand-to-hand -hand combat on Basho than any other unit, said, These defenders were pretty tough, and they were big. Six foot, the biggest Japs that I ever saw. Major Lawrence C. Hayes reported that their equipment was excellent and there was plenty of surplus found, including large amounts of ammo. The Japanese used Special Naval Landing Forces frequently in the early years of the war. In December 1941, a force of 5,000 landed on Guam and another unit of 450 assaulted Wake Island. A small detachment of 113 men was the first Japanese reinforcing unit to land on Guadalcanal, 10 days after the American landing. A 350-man SNLF detachment provided fierce resistance to the 1st Marine Division landings on Tulagi and Gavutu Tanambogo early in the Guadalcanal campaign. 
A typical SNLF unit in a defensive role was commanded by a Navy captain and consisted of three rifle companies augmented by anti-aircraft, coast defense, anti-boat, and field artillery units of several batteries each, plus service and labor troops. The Japanese garrison on Beishou on D-Day consisted of the 3rd Special Base Force, formerly the 6th Yokosuka Special Naval Landing Force, the 7th Sasebo Special Naval Landing Force, which included 200 NCOs and officers of the Tatayama Naval Gunnery School, the 111th Pioneers, and the 4th Construction Unit, an estimated grand total of 4,856 men. All crew served weapons on Beishou, from 7.7mm light machine guns to 8-inch naval rifles, were integrated into the fortified defensive system that included 500 pillboxes, blockhouses, and other emplacements. The basic beach defense weapon faced by the Marines during their landings on the northern coast was the M93 13mm dual-purpose anti-air, anti-boat heavy machine gun. In many seawall emplacements, these lethal weapons were sighted to provide flanking fire along wire entanglements and other boat obstacles. Flanking fire discipline was ensured by sealing off the front embrasures. Admiral Shibasaki organized his troops on Beishio for an overall decisive defense at the beach. His men fought with great valor. After 76 hours of bitter fighting, 4,690 lay dead. Most of the 146 prisoners taken were conscripted Korean laborers. Only 17 wounded Japanese surrendered. End of Chapter 3 Sidebars Read by Aaron Bennett